Support for this podcast comes from Staples. Staples is the leading provider of office supplies offering a vast selection of products and services. Over the last two years, Staples has also become one of America's largest janitorial suppliers as well. From your everyday business essentials to your office furniture, printing, facilities, and break room, Staples can do it all. Staples offers benefits to help create efficiencies in procurement and consolidate vendors to streamline internal processes. Visit www.staplesadvantage.com to learn more. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. Uh, as a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. Also, if you're a non-member interested in learning more about SGI, how we can help your business grow both top and bottom line, while also becoming part of the contracting industry's largest network of contractors, we are having Profit Day seminars all over the place. New Orleans, Tampa, Las Vegas, and Portland, Maine uh, come to mind right away. So give us a call at 866 866- 299-8505 to attend. SGI members in those markets, if you'd like to come and share with everyone your experiences, your story with that group, give your coach a call. We'd greatly appreciate you and your help. Today's show is another SGI monthly member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview SGI members on a particular topic. In this discussion, I talked to Drew Harden of Metro Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. The topic of today's discussion, growth, namely how these two gentlemen went from owning medium-sized contracting companies to larger to the larger companies that they are today. We cover an assortment of topics. In particular, we spent plenty of time talking about how they built their management teams and how they work with those leaders in their businesses on a daily basis to, to continue to grow their operations. So, Without further ado, here's my discussion with Drew Harden of Metro Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. I hope you enjoy it and take away another or two. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another monthly member discussion. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Monthly member discussions are your opportunities to hear from members like you explain what they're doing to be successful. Think of it as a little slice of expo coming to you through your computer or phone every month. Uh, last month, our discussion, we talked about kind of building up to a mid-sized company, what that looks like from when you're maybe a one-man band or just have a couple employees. And today, we're talking about kind of growing from mid-sized to a larger size business. Uh, real quick, uh, housekeeping item. Um, as we're talking about today's topic, uh, if you, you know, one of the panelists mentions something that's interesting or you have a question about uh, or you'd like some extra explanation on, just write that question in the chat box. The last 10 minutes or so in the hour, um, I'll ask our panelists those questions, so so be sure to do that. We want to make sure this is interactive and beneficial to you. So with that, we've got lots to cover, so I'd love to introduce our panelists. I'll do that one by one. Let me first introduce Mr. Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Nick, can you hit that camera? Oh, look at that. You're pro. I like it. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today, Nick? Good. And yourself? Good. Good. Much better now I'm seeing you. So thanks for being on. Yeah, no and uh, our, our other panelist is uh, Mr. Drew Harden of Metro Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Drew there. Hey, there we go. I like it. Drew Drew was well prepared. He just found out he was going to be on this because his dad was like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's... we'll have some fun. I, I appreciate you guys are willing to, to do this. This is going to be enjoyable. Uh, just always say, think of it as like if we're just talking in the hallways of Expo. Um, so Drew, we'll start with you, if you don't mind, uh, just so people kind of get an idea of what your company's all about. Uh, let's actually start with the market, I, mark, your market, excuse me, can't talk. Uh, Chattanooga, I didn't realize you guys are kind of on the state line of Tennessee and Georgia. So uh, how far is your service area go? How deep into Georgia do you go? How far out into Tennessee do you go? Absolutely. So we service about 30 miles in a circle. That's not okay. a perfect circle because we are surrounded on mountains on both sides. Um, sure. And so that kind of dissects our service market. And um, we service, I think around 500,000, 520,000 people. I think okay. it's 110,000 homes, 120,000 homes. Um, but it does require us to have multiple state license. Um, and every now and then we'll go in down to Alabama if we have a customer that owns rental property or uh, oh, something. Okay. okay, very good. Now we, you we guys, oh, go ahead. 
What's Dodge, that? We sit on the state line of all three, Georgia, okay. Alabama, Tennessee. Okay, there you go. Um, so now I know obviously you do residential service uh, and replacement. Do you guys do a lot of commercial work as well? We do not. We actually okay. probably less than 3% of our business total annually cool. is commercial work. Excellent. All right. Um, now, I know you guys had just a, a killer year last year. If I'm not, please correct me, and I'm not going to ask you to put you on the spot, but I think I got some some insight. Plumbing, on the plumbing side, you guys did, what, 7.8 last year, and the HVAC side, you, you did 2.2. Does that sound about right? Yep. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Now, on the plumbing side, is there a lot of that, like, uh, sewer line replacements and drain cleaning and, and all that kind of stuff, or how much of, of that plumbing is that? Yeah, I would say probably about 50-50 split. So okay. uh, about seven uh, or odd, odd million, most of that's going to be, I would say probably 45-50% of that will be the excavation portion and then the other will be residential service cost plumbing. Um, we, we currently use our plumbers as drain cleaners, but are slowly kind of getting into we're building a drain only department. Um, yeah. Kind of as we speak, because we we see the need to break it up and be able to grow without having to put as much equipment on each truck. Sure. Now, do you guys only do digs, or do you do relining, or like what what all do you offer in that department? So currently, we only offer uh, open and closed digs um, yeah. because of the man you mentioned earlier. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll shortly get into relinings, especially as um, some people in our market have started to uh, get into that. We'll, we'll certainly keep pace. Hey, it's good good offer. I have those options to offer, right? So, well, good. Well, that's that's great. You guys are really good numbers. So, congratulations on a great year, um, Mr. Nick. I know you've been very busy lately. Um, it sounds like through the grapevine, you've been adding a a lot of positions lately and building the infrastructure of Sylvester Electric. Just so uh, people kind of get a gist of who you are, you guys are in the what northern Boston area, right? Yes. Uh, so, yeah. bustling market. Um, Kind of share with everyone how much is your residential commercial split today as i know you did you do both yeah so we're actually moving close to that 50 50 mark um okay. so we did a little over four million last year on the residential service and we did uh close to six million on our commercial side that's fantastic um, yeah you guys yeah. have really grown since we've talked i guess it's been a couple of years so that's yeah. that's that's great to hear well, congratulations to both of you for for all your your success L really looking forward to to getting some of your insight uh drew i'll throw over to you let's talk a little uh little operations you um well let's forget everyone's background you just came back to the business uh your dad's business you came back what 16 months ago 14 months ago you said something like that about 14 about 14 months ago and when i came back uh, we had 35 employees, and I think this morning at our all staff we had uh, 70 employees. <laughs> it's a little bit of growth in a in a short about a, a time. Uh, and you said your your sister uh, Kelly, she also runs the business now with you. She does. Yep. So me and my dad and sister kind of make up what we call the senior leadership team. So we're okay. doing some of the higher level vision stuff, but we bring another. Uh, I think it's right now it's seven managers into our weekly uh, leadership meetings to help decide pace and stuff like that. Okay, very good. And let's let everyone know what are your responsibilities? What do, what do you handle? What does your sister sister handle primarily? Absolutely. So Kelly, uh, my sister, all of the dis dispatchers report to her as well as some of our administrative office staff, uh, HR, she functions in that area. And then all of the field managers, warehouse manager, fleet manager, they all report to me. And so I manage most of the field stuff, but we kind of split it up like that. Okay, very good. Now you said uh, there's, you said like seven managers that that kind of report up to you guys as the senior manager. What what are those different roles that those managers fulfill? Yeah, so like our plumbing part department's probably the most interesting. So we have two field supervisors and then one service manager. So the service manager makes a part of the leadership team, but we, we created those junior positions to make sure that we had a pipeline for future leaders. Right. And so those old supervisors will still run some calls, but their primary job is kind of like a trade administrator, like they're to guarantee that the skill of our technicians is growing week over week, month over month. Okay. Um, and we flip that two ways. We have one for drains and one for just general plumbing. And oh, so they, okay. do -alongs, they do ride alongs every day. They go and help techs. It also allowed us to have a, one of the things that we always struggle with is our plumbing department was getting bigger is 
how often was your manager having to be on call? Because, you know, it's exhausting 52 oh, yeah. weeks a year if you're the only guy that's running out. Yeah. Um, and so we use those junior managers to help some of that so that they have the ability to learn the skills, but in a much safer environment than a full service manager position. Okay. Uh, real real quick before we go through the rest of the management team, on those field supervisors, how many uh, how many plumbers, technicians does each one have reporting up to him? Is there a limit, like 7 to 10, or, or what, yes. what's your outlook on that? We cut off. We cut off. The field supervisors cut off when they get to twelve total between apprentices. Total. And so oh, right, including now, apprentices. Yeah. Yep. So we include apprentice. Um, a part of the apprentice is they get paired up with a senior technician who's their mentor. Yeah. And but but the the field supervisor still has the one on one. So everyone in our company gets a one on one meeting every week. And so that's that's about we we find that twelve is about all you can get through without doing nothing but meeting. You know. Yeah, for sure. All right. So who I, I uh, before we, we move on and I forget now with the rest of your you said you have a service manager that those two fields report up to who who else is part of the kind of next level behind you, your sister and your dad management team. So we have our call center manager uh, leads all of our uh, CSRs. We have yep. um, a marketing manager who reports okay. to me. We work together, but she executes and then does all of the um, reporting and, and driving of the marketing. We have a fleet manager who is over, we have a lot of uh, excavation equipment, stuff like totally. that. So we've, we we were spending so much on, on mechanics. We, we hired a fleet manager, it's been great. He also served some other kind of roles and duties uh, yeah. around project manager when we're doing office construction. So he helps out in a lot of different areas. Yeah. Then we have a, our HVAC service manager who's over okay. currently who's over install and service. Okay. Um, and we have a uh, plumbing service manager and then a excavation uh, service manager. So the excavation service manager runs the two man crews that do our water lines, digging replacements, you know, sewers, septic. Um, yeah. And then we have our finance manager as our last manager. Very so she's to, to make sure that our finances are delivered accurately on the 10th of every month. That's great. That's great infrastructure right there. I guess uh, as you got, I know the HVAC side is still a little smaller. Uh, I guess maybe at some point service and install, you see those being split up as you guys continue to grow that side. So we're working on building the pipeline for leaders in install. So this year sure. we'll probably be closer. So if last year, I think we actually landed um, somewhere around the 3 million mark in, in HVAC. So I think this year we'll probably land somewhere closer to that five and a half, six. Wow, if that's great. You know, we're really trying to put the, the hammer down on HVAC. So I think we'll probably split that out here in the next couple of months as we get into That's the summer. That's super cool. That's fantastic. Real quick on this follow up and then Nick got sorry, we'll, we'll get bounced yeah, over to okay. you. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what kind of backgrounds, all these managers, you call center manager, you got a marketing manager, you know, HVAC, what were they, did they come through the company? Or are they mostly external hires that have kind of had skill sets that you thought would, uh, you know, they just they would figure the business out and, and be able to uh, to figure it out and, and and help you out. So our our company's uh, dead dead split half and half. Half came up through a company, the company, and the other half were kind of brought in. So our finance manager was brought sure. in, her skill set. Um, I would I would say overall. Now that we've built our leadership pipeline, it's a lot easier to identify candidates early who are in the company and not subject them to necessarily having to learn everything about plumbing before they're in management. Sure. And so our newest manager technically came up through the company, but he's only been on staff for like three months. So it's not oh. like a we, we brought him in because we thought he had leadership potential. And so he will be our, our uh, the newest service manager. Okay, so oh, okay, new service man. So I was going to say, I, my assumption was most of the people in the trades they come up through the business, or, or is that is that fair to say? Most of the people, uh, maybe ask that question. Yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of jumbled it up. So people that have the uh, trade experience, were they mostly people that had grown up through the company? So the guys that there were technicians that became service managers and that kind of stuff, excavation managers. Yep. 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 Okay. So our excavation manager was a part of our uh, company, and but doesn't he? He was not a tradesman. So I would say most of the time, the service manager level is someone that has little tech, light, light on technical experience, but really heavy on leadership principles, and sure. and really defines, cool. you know, direction of the of the of the group. And mm -hmm. then the field managers are usually pretty technically, you know, they they okay. know what's, they're the technical support. That's kind of how we split it up. Cool. I like it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Nick, I'm going to kind of throw the same line of questioning over to you. Um, now, your brother, uh, Chris, he manages the commercial side still, right? 
Um, yes, we're actually currently looking for a commercial manager. So Chris okay. and uh, Kelly, our administrative manager, oh, okay. um, handle both of that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Now, are you you I you know I got your work chart. You I'm assuming Phil that CEO role. Um, are you no, also actually, Chris? Oh, you're uh, not. Chris is, Chris is the Chris CEO. is doing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, and I'm the the CFO. Oh, the CFO. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, that explains that. So the uh, the residential manager role. Are you no longer filling that? Have you found someone to fill that? Yeah. So that's going to be Tim. He uh, took that over. Uh, we brought him on back in June. Um, okay. And I haven't actually uh, done that position in a while. Uh, oh. Probably since. He's fully taken over since August, maybe. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Well, yeah. very good. Okay. Um, let's see. So um, on top, you, so you said we you shared that you're doing the CFO role. You have the administrative uh, manager I saw there. Um, yeah, well, let's see. Kelly. What what are you, Kelly? Well, who else? Uh, is that all the manager right there? Or, or who else am I missing somebody? Yeah. So CEO is Chris. I'm the CFO. Commercial mm -hmm. manager are looking to hire. Um, residential manager is Tim. The administrative mm -hmm. manager is Kelly. Um, and then, so that's kind of like that, that first level of, uh, leadership that Drew was talking about that we've, we've yeah. established in the last six months. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's very cool. Now, um, how many, how many trucks are you guys rolling now? Um, so right now, oh, we're residential residential side. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we have nine, uh, nine trucks out there, uh, fully. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we have, um, we have two that are about to roll out on the road. They're coming out of training and we have five going in into training wow uh, that we just brought on like in the next uh two to three weeks yeah wow so are yeah. they kind of technically filling in are they apprent considered apprentices or are they onboarding as actual like residential electricians that'll be in their own trucks within three months or so yeah uh new technicians in their own trucks yep oh where did you hit a pipeline five that's great <laughs> yeah so some actually they're new hires and some are um coming over from our commercial side okay Oh, that's interesting. All right, yeah. so we got to open this can of worms because I get I get <laughs> questions about this all the time. Oh, I got commercial guys that want to do residential, and I don't know. I don't think he can talk to a wall. So how's he going to do residential service? So how did you? Uh, I guess you had to know these. Obviously, you know these guys. They've worked for you. Did you just know that they would have the right um, communication skills to be able to fulfill that? I mean, have you had to have those hard conversations with other guys go, I don't know if you're going to fit this or do you let them learn on their own? What, what, what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, right now, the biggest thing that we're trying to focus on is training and getting to know the team more. Um, yeah. So that's what we've spent like a lot of time in the last six months doing uh, a lot of one-to-one -one meetings with managers. And so it's, it's not, it's just, it wasn't the approach we used to take was we would just ask them, do you want to do it? And yeah, you know, most of them would say no, right? Like, <laughs> right. Um, now it's like they, um, Kelly's talked to them, Tim has talked to them, Jeff has talked to them. Um, they're going to start doing some ride-alongs to see if they they like it on the residential side. Uh, oh, but these okay. these couple that are coming over, the first ones that we've kind of you know started to have those talks with, um, type thing. So. Okay, yeah. well, I like that you have them do the ride-along, so they can learn. They'll learn real quick if they, they like this or not. You're like, okay. Yeah. Gonna, and it's so not it's, just one ride-along, right? Like this yeah. might be. It might be for a couple of weeks, or it might be like, hey, let's do three days this week, see how you like it. Let's try, you know, a couple of days next week. So it's not just like one day type thing. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very very good. Um, you know, Nick, as you've uh, as you've you know, it seems like you've gone through this whole restructuring. How long has this taken? What about a, is it a year? 18 months, something like that, kind of getting yeah, your so org chart. We started uh, re-kind of focusing on the infrastructure back in October of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, All so right. It's been, so it really sad to kick off once we started putting the people in place, but it took, you know, six, eight months to really start finding and putting those people in the right boxes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And how, and how did you guys decide that, you know, you were going to be CFO and, and your brother was going to be CEO and, and, you know, every, how everyone kind of fell into place. What was that? Just, you guys had open discussions, management meetings, you know, leadership meetings. You guys weren't in those specific titles yet. So how did that all kind of shake loose? Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we did was um, a lot of conversations back and forth. Um, a lot of one-on-ones between Chris and I just saying, you know, um, wh where are we going to be best fit in the company? What other, um, you know, what other people can we bring on to the team that's going to really 
you know, bring the team to the next level. What Chris, yeah. what are you good at? Nick, what are you good at? You know, yeah. type thing. Um, right. And we actually constantly have that conversation because now right. as we're actually expanding, I, I heard Drew, like you have a marketing manager. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that later on. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have that yet, but you know that was a conversation with Chris and myself. You know, is that a position that um, that uh, I should be taking over versus you know CFO role? So it's right. constantly changing, um, especially with my position. But um, you know, so it's really making sure that the right person's on the right in the right seat. You know, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Now, all right. So you said you had nine trucks rolling. and you got five more. That's good. I'm not the best at math, but that, that that's 14 to me. And you've got them yeah. one manager that'll be handling 14 trucks at that point. Yeah. So um, we just actually had this conversation yesterday. So we're we're roughly very similar to Drew between seven and 12, depending if they're apprentices and, uh, you know, tech uh, licensed techs in the truck that yeah. one we call them electrical coordinators. OK, um, so. Um, the electrical coordinator is the one that's meeting with them, talking with them, um, you know, making sure that they're trained, um, you know, they're meeting with them every morning type thing. So um, we're actually looking for another electrical coordinator to come on. Um, and Tim in the residential manager position is going to help uh, Jeff in the meantime, you know, to make sure everybody's still trained as we're recruiting for another electrical coordinator. Okay, I was going to ask about that, and I should have asked you, Drew. But who who is managing uh, the training? So is it you? Said, is is it Tim? I'm sorry, I'm getting all the names mixed up. That's is it your service service manager that is doing that for you guys, and still, or is it those those co coordinators? Are you asking Drew or myself? New, you, Nick. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, we'll, yeah. we'll finish yeah. up with you before I throw back over. To Drew. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so um, the coordinators actually uh, doing the training. Okay. Uh, which is being managed by their manager. So Tim and Jeff will work together, but Jeff okay. is the one that actually does the deliverable of the training. All right. And Kelly, as the administrative manager, is the one that's organizing all the training to make sure, like, you know, okay. everybody has a development plan, everybody has a training plan, and keeping track of it all. Okay. Now, Jeff, this coordinator, does he run calls as well, or is he just primarily, no. okay, he does not. All right. Yeah, primarily okay. in the office. Yep. Okay. All right. Now, I got to ask, because people are going to, and I'll, well, I won't. Let me just go ahead and do it. So this coordinator role, how is he compensated? Um, is that because it's kind of like a manager type role, right? It's a junior manager role. Is this a, an hourly? Is it a salary type position with some kind of incentives to hit gross margins or like what? How, how do you look at that one? Yeah. So right now, everybody that's in the field is all hourly. Um, oh, and okay. you know, coordinators and supervisors and managers are salaried. Okay. Now, right now, we have a SPIF or bonus program for our field and CCRs, okay. um, but we are moving towards a more overall, uh, like, merit system, you know, or bonus program. So everybody would be, you know, if we hit team goals, we're trying to get away from individual, because right now we're very individual. If I hit this, it's my goal, yeah. you know, type thing. And we want to get to our goal, the bigger goal type yeah. of thing so that's okay. going to be changing to also include supervisors and coordinators because they're not bonused out right now right okay all right good stuff uh drew i, I do want to throw over those, those questions that kind of just hit me as i was talking to nick so for your uh your field kind of your field managers right the guys that are helping out manage the technicians what's their what's their compensation kind of like is it an hourly with some kind of incentives or you know because if they're not Dry, I mean, they drive revenue, right? But it's not like, okay, he worked on this job, so he gets a, uh, you know, piece rate of so much. So, so what do you, what's your approach to that? Yeah. So our, so the junior managers, if you will, um, mm -hmm. get a small bonus for every technician that hits their individual goal, so okay. that they're invested in making sure that they're technically getting, they're getting more proficient at the, the trade part of it, which is okay. where we want their primary focus to be. Okay. Um, and so then if everyone on their team or as a part of, we, we, we have it split uh, drains and plumbing. So instead of having like five guys under a junior manager, five guys, it's just, if everyone hits their drain goal, the drain guy gets a bonus. Everyone hits their okay. plumbing plumbing guy gets one and then the service manager gets bonus on the whole thing gross margin uh, okay. kind of pretty similar to what everyone else would do for the service manager. okay very good now who who handles like the soft skills training who for you guys who does that a little bit of uh, a little bit of everybody but this the service managers are the ones who 
are responsible for putting the plan together a lot of them will ask me or our sales manager or you know somebody like that to come in and to do the training for them at times especially you know just depending on what we're the topics we're talking about they'll try to find the best person um sometimes they'll ask some of their guys to lead the training meetings okay. um, but the service manager is responsible for putting the calendar together and making sure it's executed okay very cool all right uh drew i'm gonna stay with you while while we're talking a um, little bit of a change but yeah, not too terribly much. Uh, these junior managers or even the, the higher level managers, what kind of attributes or personalities have you noticed that they have that you're like, boy, he or she's going to be successful? I, you know, like you knew you knew you, you, you elevated them in this role or you hired them for this role for a reason. So what what was it? Was it a personality or was it a skill set or and, and also as a follow up? Did they, are they complementary to you or are they all, is everyone pretty similar to how you and your sister operate? So I would say um, no one's, uh, well, I don't want to say no one's similar, but I feel like we all have our strengths, all have our weaknesses. Yep. All of our greatest weaknesses are our strengths overplayed. And so we like to, we have a set of um, words that we're looking for. So I'll just, I'll read those off really quick. Oh, there's, yeah. there's five characteristics. That's cool. And there, uh, there's six, looks like seven competencies um, okay. is how we split it up. So, for the character, we're looking for someone who's responsible, humble, generous. They have high integrity and tenacity. So they I have like to have that. all five. They can't be yeah. lacking. Um, and then the seven uh, competencies we're looking for is uh, communication skills, emotional intelligence, conflict management, relationship building, decision making, talent developing, and goal setting. Wow. Okay. Um, and so if if they are in that, yeah. And they doesn't matter if they're an extrovert, introvert, D, I, S, C on the yeah. disc, none of that. If they have these characteristics and these competencies, they're they're going to be a manager at our place. That's cool. Now, do you, um, well, first of all, how did you come up with that? Like, was that a, a series of meetings and you guys just saying, what do you value? What, what do we see in our best people? Like, how did that, what was the genesis of that? Like all of the great companies in SGI, we took this from another member. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's some truth to that brother yeah that's funny uh, i'm not i am not a leadership wizard um and so we we talked with a bunch of companies who've been in groups with us in the past and just kind of threw it together with a, a group of us who are all in a, in a group together okay that's cool now do you use that also um I, I first of all who handles most of your interviewing and, and hiring who, who handles that like for not just for management stuff but like frontline people as well so all of our service managers are responsible for staffing their team. Okay. Um, we have what's called an employee experience director. He's not a manager, but think of him more as like an HR. He does all of our onboarding. He's over the apprentice's school part of the apprenticeship. So he, okay. he has a combo role of a couple of things. So he actually does a lot of the preliminary um, phone touch. He knows what we're looking okay. for. He knows we're looking for a good communicator, you know, likable personality, well kept when they come in. So he pre-screens and then he passes off the uh, resume to one of our service managers okay. or to myself, depending on what the position is. And okay. that's how we currently uh, facilitate that. Okay. Now I asked that to ask this follow-up question, which is, do the, does he and do you guys as, as interviewers keep in mind those lists that you just went through of, of competent, like you go, okay, you might be being hired on as an apprentice, right? So a low level, no, I hate to say a low level position, but in, in, you know, a beginning level position, do you still make sure they check those certain boxes? Um, we wouldn't, so, so not necessarily all of these, we actually have our five values that we ask them questions five. around. Okay. Well, what are the, what are the so five values? I was going to say, we have a lot of, it's a, too many vocabulary words. Uh, this is for leadership specifically. That was for leadership um, specifically. Our, uh, our five values are uh, they have to be happy, healthy, humble, helpful, and hustle. Cool. Our high five values. Yeah. And so we interview, uh, we have a groups of questions um, yeah. that actually outline how we prove are they happy? Do they focus on like controlling themselves and getting better and yeah. all that that directs our interview process for those positions that's interesting now now what does health does healthy mean just like mentally healthy like they're going to be a, or, or like physical fitness test or what are you guys doing yeah no 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 pt test i would fail for sure <laughs> um i'd be the first you me both yeah <laughs> but if you can catch our owner in a foot race you're hired no i it, it's one of those things where 
healthy to us means that you're focused on just being a better version of yourself physically mentally spiritually emotionally intelligence wise uh, we we really use that value as is someone interested in knowing exactly where they are right now yeah identifying a position out in the future that they want to be and then continuing steps along that path that's what that healthy healthy virtue yes we would love for you to be physically healthy we also use the healthy one uh for time off so we have a very generous time off policy and i'm a firm believer if you do not break away from from your job you cannot be a healthy person um so we have some pretty strict like you have to take it we want you to leave the place leave your desk the managers don't can't be on 24 7. that's not how humans were wired to be yeah, that's really good. That's good. And and I like that uh, you, you've kind of structured the interviewing process where you have those core values, right? So everyone's asking the same questions. So you can compare, you know, if you have, I know nowadays it feels like you try to hire anyone you can, but obviously you can't do that. You want quality people. So you have that as guidelines. That's super cool. I really like that. Um, all right, so Nick, I'm gonna kind of bounce over to you. When you're looking, let's start from more the, you know, the management side. Um, you know, you guys talked about having those conversations about who fits what roles, where are your competencies, what are your your skill sets. I mean, do you guys mostly complement each other or do you mostly have similar personalities and skill sets or what do you guys think? Yeah, I would say that we're we're pretty similar, um, which is interesting, Drew, when you mentioned about uh, how, how different you guys are. Um, I would say on the leadership end, we're pretty, I would say we're similar. Yeah. Um, and as we're kind of learning each other and working with each other, um, cause that's a big thing that we're trying to focus on, right. Is, um, um, that getting to know each other, getting to know how each other ticks type thing is I'm realizing we're more and more similar <laughs> yeah. on things. So, yeah. um, it's been, it's been interesting uh, to see how that's been developing over the last six, eight months. Okay, very good. Now, as as you brought on all these these people, I want to ask a follow up because it's so it's it's just a hot topic. Everyone wants to know how, how who is who's leading the charge in recruiting and interviewing. Are are you still kind of doing some of that, or who who in your team is is managing that? Yeah, so Chris and I were doing it. Um, we hired a part time um, recruiter. Okay. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and then she moved full time. She was working 40 to 60 hours for us. Okay. Um, and then we decided to realize when we were building the team out that we really needed to have uh, people in house. We love remote, but it just it we oh, were running into a lot of bumps. Yeah. So yeah. we did have the conversation with her, and she actually had to find a replacement for herself, um, which is what ended up happening. Okay. Um, so when we brought Kelly on, Kelly took on recruiting. And she was doing that full time. Um, and then we actually brought on an HR coordinator and she does recruiting full time right now. Okay, very yeah. good. That's great, that's great. How big of a difference has that made having that that role so you guys don't have to, to kind of do that anymore? Yeah, so we um, bringing that on and now, like when the person was remote, we were doing a lot of more of that micromanaging, right? Like it was, it was much harder to, to, to figure it out. Now that they're part of the team and they're here and they're in meetings and they know our culture and how we work, um, it's been tremendous it, yep. uh, night and day compared to what it was. Um, so, and that's been like the biggest key to our, to our growth is having a full-time person here yep. doing it. Yeah. Who uh, will will that recruiter do all the interviews? I'm sure you, you probably want that individual in front of a manager at some point, right? That they're the person they're going to report to. Like, what's what's the process? Yeah, so we've actually changed our process quite a bit because um, okay. over the last um, few months we've moved away from communication through text, email, uh, e uh, you know, uh, automation type, you know, uh, communication throughout the office, and we've moved to face to face. With okay. You know, just in general, right? And that's been a huge thing. So instead of somebody emailing you asking you to do something, it's like either let's have a meeting or get up and go to that person's desk, right? Sure. Which also relates back to recruiting. So we we used to do a lot through email and stuff like that. Where now we're trying to get them to come into the office, come meet mm -hmm. the team, come to the office, have your interview. So just does a very brief um phone interview with the candidate to see if they meet more of personality questions, which is like okay. what Drew's talking about. So yep. we have, you know, a handful of those, and then it goes into the manager, um, whoever the management, you know, what team they're going to be on. Uh, so mm -hmm. for instance, like I'm looking for a bookkeeper right now. 
Um, so um, I'm doing those interviews. And at some point, we actually have a senior account that just came on three uh, three months ago, and he would be doing that. And then okay. I would interview them as well. So okay, yeah. That makes sense. All right, I like it. Very good. Very good. And uh, one actually, above, I yeah. got one, I got one thing because we just implemented this. So we okay. used to do offers to people over the phone or by email. Okay. And we actually just switched that to in person, which was yeah. very awkward. It was very very right. awkward because I yeah, was you're, the not, you're closing them. Yeah. 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 And um, so I did it. Of course, she didn't take the position. It was a bookkeeper. It was okay. She had another yeah. offer and it was between yeah. us and them. But having that in person, like she was able to ask me some more questions. Okay. Like instead of that email back and forth that normally happens during recruiting, yeah. it was just nice to be able to talk to them, see what their worries were about. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, oh, I got to talk about this with my husband. You know, and I was able to say, no problem. Like, you know, if he, if you have any questions while you're with your husband, give me a call. Here's my cell right. phone. Support for this podcast comes from NAVAC. NAVAC is a global manufacturer and has dedicated over 25 years to the production of vacuum pumps, recovery solutions, and HVAC tools. NAVAC draws upon its commitment to technical innovation, customer service, and R&D investment to develop tools that deliver efficiency, accuracy, and ease of use in the real world. Visit www.navacglobal.com for more information. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Drew Harden of Metro Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. And we're talking about growing from a mid-sized company to a larger contracting company. Let's jump back into my conversation with Drew and Nick. A little shift of topics. Drew, I'm going to throw over to you. I mean, you guys have been just growing like wildfire. Um, how much do you, I mean, in terms of measuring whether your, your managers are successful, do you have how many KPIs do you have or, or what KPIs do you, do you make them responsible for? You know, as part is one of them, employee retention is one I hear more and more, you know, you got to really make sure you, you keep people, you ain't chasing them off. Right. So how do you determine by numbers how each of your, your managers are successful? Great question. So a uh, couple different ways. So each one of our service managers has, I want to say I'm, I'm looking here. I'm so glad that my desk was not cleaned off. Uh, <laughs> well, would, and you had so answer. much time to think about all this too. Yeah. Any of this, I'm like, it's just right here. This is awesome. Um, yeah. So our managers have uh, eight KPIs. Um, cool. Our service managers have eight KPIs that we track. Employee engagement uh, and retention is one of those things. Um, we're also looking for the reviews and then some of the typical financial metrics. You yeah. know, if you're making customers happy and your team is happy, by nature, your tickets are going to be better. The conversion rate is going to be higher and you're going to get more five star reviews. They all kind of kind of go in there together. Um, yeah. So that's for our, you know, our junior managers, a little bit harder to track statistically, but we have a skills matrix. And so with the skills matrix, we, we use the one inside a service site. We also have one that's plastered everywhere on the wall. Um, they get, they're encouraged basically, if, if we go a quarter without every technician gaining a skill, then okay. you know that, that that junior manager's not doing his job of training the technical skill out in the field that we need. That's cool. Very interesting. All right. Um, a follow up to you. It's it's a little unrelated, but uh, but while we're ch we're chatting, you know, you are growing obviously huge. It's, it's happening fast. You know, people are coming in. You know, um, maybe someone occasionally somebody leaves. How do you avoid being reliant on people's just skill and ability versus having like SOPs in place, checklists in place. Is that is that something you guys have been working on? Do you have that in place, or is that something like we need to get to that? Because uh, you know, I understand that I hear all sorts of things. Oh man, yeah, you just touched the, you touched, you hit just, a nerve. you just hit my soul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, some days I don't know how we got this large with as little SOPs as we have, but we've invested yeah. heavily. Okay. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm going to probably call Nick after this and be like, what SOPs do you have for some of your managers? <laughs> I've become an SOP monster um, okay. because I would say the number one problem. Yes, oh, look at this. Show yes. off. <laughs> I'm going to fly up to his yeah. shop tomorrow. This is what we're working on. Okay. <laughs> it's no, not all in place yet. but Yeah. Well, you're getting this question, so you can think about it. Yeah. 
we started so we started sops when i first got back and and yeah. certainly a lot of things has sops but i would say we're nowhere near where we need to be for sure. what size we are and that's pretty common i'll be honest with you um so what how are you guys what's the process of, of trying to fill those in is that is that some do you have that as a task that you guys are going to talk as a management team or you're like we well, you haven't even gotten that far yet and that's fine but let's i just want to be see see what you say yeah, so I've been giving out managers SOPs to write, okay. um, especially ones where right now our method is less uh, effective probably than it could be. I would say that right now it's as we talk about processes and procedures in our management meetings, we go ahead and have a scribe, write them down, get them out to the staff, get them in the booklet, get them in the booklet, get them in the booklet. Um, we are becoming um, the, much better at being preemptive and writing them. So like our marketing manager, when she came on, uh, we didn't have one before, so there's no SOPs. Sure. So right. in our one-on-one -on -one every week, we're reading through SOPs and making sure that she's actively putting together what we do. But cool. I, I, I would say, uh, honestly, I should probably hire a full-time scribe to just walk around so and write them all down for everyone because it's a, it's a pain. That's funny. All right, I'm gonna throw over to you because time is, is going quickly. Nick, um, what's the first question in terms of KPIs and monitoring employee retention? What how for, for managers, how what, what kind of KPIs do you do you throw on them to to keep an eye on so to make sure that that all the goals are being met? Yeah, so right now we're we're behind uh, what Drew actually just said. We're right now we're more financial and we're looking for ways to actually change and incorporate, you know, the uh, the happiness of the team and all those other, um, yeah. you know, personality side of the, the, the KPI. They're not KPIs, but yeah, they are, yeah, right? yeah. like just different right. ones. So that's what we're actually trying to build out right now. So we're not okay. there yet. Yeah. Are you just having discussions? Like, how are we going to monitor people? You know, is it, it's a hard thing to wrap your hands around. You it know, is. I don't even know yeah. how to ask the question. Because numbers are so easy, right? It's black and white. This is what it right. is. But how do you bring to a meeting how happy your team is, right? So yeah, for sure, um, for sure. We do have, um, we actually have a senior management team twice a week um, okay. for three hours each that we go wow. over the stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and one hour. <laughs> it's it's actually down. not even. That's not even the SOP meeting. So we have a workflow slash uh, SOP meeting. Um, that we go over the book. Is this one working? Is it not? Which ones we going to work phenomenal. on? Yeah. And then um, the team brings back like you know their feedback to the next meeting. Um, okay. So it's because we realize like they're just slow, right? Like it's it, we can't just create the book overnight. So For we spend sure. an hour a week. We get the whole team together and we you know what's working, what's not, you know what's your frustrations type thing, and uh, just keep plugging away at it. Wow. So how how close do you are you you think in terms of having a pretty good first binder of, of SOPs in place? Um if you you ask me, probably we're probably twenty percent done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We got probably maybe about eighteen to twenty um you know, policies in place. Yeah. Um and I feel like every day it's like well, wait a minute, this one actually is like a subcategory of this. Is it its own or is it, you know, do we add it to this one? Yeah. So I, I feel like we're far off from it, but. No, yeah. But the emergency least... one's always like make it to the top. Like if we have a fire, we're like, how do we prevent this fire from happening? This right. makes top priority on the agenda of like, you know, sure. we don't want this to happen again. Yeah. Right, right, sure, sure. That's, well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear you both are, are cognizant of it and working on it because uh, sometimes we talk to really, really big companies. They're like, ah, we just, everyone's been here 20 years. We all know what we're doing. You're like, oh my God. Um, so, um, all right, well, let, let's follow up. So on, I was going to ask about man, about, about meetings. Um, so Nick, you said yours and there's an SO, like an SOP meeting or go through all the managers meetings you guys have. Yeah, sure. Um, so we have, um, we actually have a lot of meetings that we're, we're realizing. Um, so we have a payroll meeting because payroll is a big issue for the longest time. Okay. Um, so we get all the managers together for that. So we can talk about issues, PTO, uh, any payroll, COVID, all that stuff. Okay. Um, then we have a budgeting meeting once a week uh, with upper management. So it's myself and Chris. We talk about that. Um, we bring the team back, so it's the all the upper management for the senior management team. That's twice a week, three hours each, so it's a good six wow. hours. Sometimes yeah. it runs over um, on those ones. 
we have a recruiting meeting for half an hour so that whoever is recruiting during the week um, is in that meeting. So it's upper management plus whatever manager that needs to be in there um, that's involved. Uh, so yep. that's twice a week for half an hour. Um, then we have a, uh, we just added a purchasing order, uh, purchasing order meeting because we're, uh -oh. we're realizing purchasing and inventory is all over the place. So yeah. that's, that's where I was wondering, yeah. 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 Uh, and then we have two sub meetings um, once a week for an hour that the departments get together. So like not including Chris, so the three departments will get together and just, you know, hey, what's going on this week? How can I help you? How can you help me? Like, you know, um, type thing. So okay. I didn't count that up, but it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, so, oh, 10 hours or 10, 10, 10 meetings a week right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you're a growing company. You want to make sure things keep moving in the right direction. Um, yeah. You said Almost that like we're over meeting right now, but it's well, it's if, like that line of like, you know, getting stuff done in the meetings. But um, right but on on those two, three hour meetings. What what did you call those again? Those were senior that was senior team. So that was that includes the team meetings, yeah. the upper end kind of middle level. What so the, that's when you're talking about what the SOPs that what like that's three hours is a long time. So what all is like an agenda for. For a three-hour meeting yeah so a lot of times uh, we're talking about like um, the future growth right so uh, okay. this year we want to get to 20 trucks on the road by the end of the year so how are we doing that where are we getting the trucks what are we doing for recruiting sure. you know building out the team okay the work chart changed again you know this is what it looks like one of the mm -hmm. biggest things was the communication that made the agenda this week when communications come into the office like how are we handling that uh, what does that flow look like? Um, what my struggles are in my department, I'm in the business department, so what does that look like? Where are my frustrations? Kelly will say, hey, I'm having these issues this week. You know, we try to solve those type problems at sure. that meeting. Um, we talk about the morale of everybody's team, you know, where everybody stands, um, any issues that everybody's having, um, how to handle those. We'll go over, like, if uh, we need to talk or come up with, you know, sub meetings. Like for instance, if an employee is having an issue, who needs to be talking to that employee? Sure. Uh, we go over training, what training looks like, where people are gonna, where they're at with their training. They're on development, ongoing development. So okay, yeah, it just keeps going on and on. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's all productive stuff. Do you do you build a an agenda so you guys stay on point so it's a productive time? Yeah. Or? One of the biggest things that we realized um, is about three months ago, every meeting that we have, even if it were just meeting one to one, um, always needs to have an agenda. Even if there's only one item on the list, just yeah. you know, put that item. And we went to printed agendas, so there's no okay. more computers at the at meetings. So uh, everybody, yeah, yeah. Every, it's a piece of paper to have everybody more interactive with each other. I like it. I like it. That's that's interesting. Um, Okay, very good, Drew. Uh, let's let's kind of throw it over to you. What uh, what's your management? Uh, what's your meeting schedule like with your managers so everyone's communicating and knowing what the heck's going on? Well, uh, Nick, man, you make me feel like we don't meet enough. I'm, I'm sitting. What's <laughs> waiting for that? Yeah, our guys are out on their own. Uh, yeah. So we have, I have all. So everyone in our company. Uh, gets a one-on-one -on -one every week so and then we back up from there so all of the managers get a management one-on-one -on -one with myself or my sister depending on who's reporting to who yeah um and then the only management meeting that we have currently is our uh fridays we have a two-hour um leadership meeting so we usually split an hour is reporting so we have the kind of a similar agenda every week but an hour the first hour is reporting where we're at our pace for the month then the commitment to the rest of the team uh, for what you're actually going to drive. So if you're behind, are you going to be able to catch up? If you're not, what are you committing to? And then the third section. So it's really like four meetings. We kind of even time break and bathroom break and stuff in between. Yeah. Um, but then we'll have the what issues are we are we having? Where are we where are we missing things? Everyone get an update. And then we have an accountability section where we all go, go through our 100 day plans. Are we on are we on track for our 100 day plans? And if we're not, you know, we're 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 getting in each other's grill a little bit to to figure yeah. out what the other team members can do to support um, what they're doing. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So you said that's on a Friday, like kind of in the afternoon, as things are kind of winding down for the week, right? 
we actually just chose to put it in the middle of uh, Friday middle morning. We started, Friday morning. We started in 10 to noon, and then okay. sometimes we lunch together afterwards. Just depends yeah. on what the day Well, um, and the guys are out. You're not, it's not like in the morning, you know, you're the hustle and bustle that's quieted down so you can focus. Yeah, it's also a, a measure of just making sure that we're making time for things that are important but not necessarily urgent to go back okay. to the you know, Stephen Covey kind of logic. Sure, sure. Actually, Nick, Nick, I'm real quick on on your list of meetings. How do you do? You try and stack them, or or how do you? Or what part of the day? Because I mean, just I I get what, why you're having them because it's a lot of these are big issues, right? Recruiting, getting your purchasing order stuff figured out, right? Getting your you're trying to think ahead with with planning and where you want to drive the business. But how do you manage it so you know you can take care of the guys in the morning if there's questions? I know you're not maybe in that as much anymore, but still, it's it's a lot of activity in the morning. I'm sure so. How do, you, how do you kind of manage the, 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 all these meetings? Yeah, so Kelly's actually in charge of the uh, master schedule. So she has, we started on spreadsheets. Uh, we've now moved to like calendars and okay. she manages everybody's calendar. So the managers manage their own calendars because we do one-on-ones with the team um, cool. with their managers, Good. right? Yeah. Um, and then, so typically the, the mornings are left for the field and then the afternoons are typically uh, like, you know, management meetings is yeah. kind of how we kind of split that up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Excellent. We are, uh, we're closing in about 12 minutes and I got at least one question, but I, I, I want to be sure to ask, cause we talked about it at the very beginning is marketing because uh, you know, recruiting marketing, it's, it's, they're always hot topics. Um, <laughs> let's see. So um, let's see, Drew, you said you have the marketing manager, right? When did that, when did that position happen? How long has that position been there? About four weeks ago. <laughs> oh wow! So real. That's okay. That's that's good though. I mean, it's uh, at least we can. Uh, we you know, it's a fresh experience, right? So we can we can follow up with that. So what kind of background does this person have? What what kind of responsibilities are you giving him or her? Awesome. So I, I'm. <laughs> ours is more. I had a person who I was trying to recruit from out of state, and so we started. I wanted to get her on our staff, so she took over the marketing management, but she's also uh, my executive assistant. And okay. so ours is probably a little weird and maybe not replicatable. Um, but the goal would be that she's writing all the SOPs for the marketing manager that we're going to hire full-time once she moves oh. here. Um, okay. so that's, she's, she's a special uh, person who I've worked with in past companies. And mm -hmm. so trying to recruit her, her and her family are moving out of California. So I say that to say she's actually designing the marketing manager role, but also facilitating it currently. So our marketing, our marketing manager, um, we sit down, we come up with a year's worth of marketing mm -hmm. um, last year, and then her job's to execute, modify, and then deliver. Okay. Um, and so that's that's what she does. She's monitoring, you know, our, our online direct mail, our campaigns that we do with local uh, community out events. You know, we work a lot with the news channel, giving away units and different things like that. Okay. And she she facilitates all of that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you, being in a, in a smaller market, if you were doing a lot of traditional media like TV or, or, or radio news type stuff, or if it's all digital, what's what's kind of your mix if hitting you, putting you on the spot on that one? No, 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 you're, you're good. We we try to keep it around a third, a third, a third. So we okay. want about a third to be digital, a third to be traditional print, mailing, uh, things like that, and then a third branding. So okay. our branding campaigns, we consider our local TV news campaigns as a branding campaign. Sure. We sponsor like a local AAA uh, minor league team. We have sponsorships at uh, schools. And then we have uh, one program she's working on is giving away water to booster clubs at high school with our name okay. on it and a couple of our pro uh, nonprofit partners. Yeah. And give that to the school and allow them to make the full markup on it as opposed to you know coca-cola charges them a dollar then they sell it for two dollars we're like we'll just give it to you sell it for whatever you want cool um, i like one that. little thing that that's neat you said a third is still what like is direct mail is a third that that much is direct mail yeah we we, we hammer time with direct mail is that right now is that only to to, to current customers or are you targeting certain zip codes or or to, to for new customers the bulk of our direct mail goes to customers in the last 18 months. Uh -huh. We would call those active customers. So sure. the bulk is gonna to go to active customers, our home care club or, or partner plan or whatever people call it, our members. So yeah. a good chunk of that third, a third of that budget's going to making sure that we're 
touching our members at least six to eight times a year. We send out a present. We partner cool. with local restaurants uh, for gift cards uh, oh. that redeem purchase. So we, we do a lot of stuff with our members and with our current customers. And then about maybe 10% of that budget, 15% of that budget a year is allocated towards new customer uh, acquiring. Okay. Now, um, on those, 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 that mailing type stuff that you're going to your, your active customers, is that discount oriented? Like, uh, you get uh, $10 off a, a ticket or like what, like what's the offer or is it just a branding type mailer or what do you guys do? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. all, <laughs> all, every one of those. So we try not to, uh, if we send an offer, then we feel like we got to send a gift next. So we, we don't send multiple offers oh, in a row. We like to send uh, a we miss you card. And it's just like, hey, thinking of you, it's literally nothing other than just a cheesy little thing yeah. to say, we really miss you. We haven't seen you in a while. Um, hope everything's okay. So we do that all the way to a letter with a gift card. So we send our member, we try to send anywhere between $25 and $50 to every member per year in gift cards to local restaurants and eateries. And so we partner yeah. with those restaurants to help get the buy down a little bit smaller. Oh yeah. Um, only on redeem and so we, we we send our members i try to send our members two gifts a year um yeah, so cool. our members much more much less offer oriented sometimes on the we miss you it'll be a you know a hundred dollars off a special or or something we're doing with indoor air quality or a toilet or something like that but yeah. most times um I, i'd say probably 50 50 50 percent of the time it's an offer 50 percent it's just checking in touching base and then our call center and then it all connects into email so our call center is doing call outs hey did you get our card just want to let you make sure everything was good with the last call we did and yeah. then they're getting an email about 10 days after that just saying hey thanks for picking up our phone call or if they didn't answer you know hey we'd love to talk to you make sure things going good with your house we appreciate you being a customer i love that it's not with the mail it's not just all taking it's giving you know and that's really cool. I don't I don't know I've ever heard anyone do that exactly. I know people that send gifts after like a changing out a system or something, but but to do it just actively throughout the year, every year is a cool little nugget. And I've been doing this a long time. I haven't heard that. So I like that. Um, so Nick, who you, know, you were just talking about, oh boy, marketing manager. We might need that real soon. Maybe that's you that fills that. So who who is managing marketing at this juncture for Sylvester Electric? Yeah, right now it's myself, and I yeah. just took a lot of tips from Drew. So thank you, Drew. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, right now marketing is not like you know my full my full attention. So sure. um, we are realizing now to get to that next level that we need to get to, someone needs to be focusing on it full time. Yeah. So, yeah. um, 100%. Maybe in a hundred percent. So yeah, yeah. And I was actually re-looking back at uh, the uh, SGI. Uh, model you know once you get to the, the the level that we're at and how much you should be spending in the different categories you know to start branding versus like you know um just online a lot of our stuff is online leads and um sure. direct mail you yeah. know so we want to start getting into that those other categories yeah where you are it's just so tough to get into other kind of traditional media i mean it's got to be just ridiculously expensive i'm i'm sure that's why you're, you're i would assume you're digital heavy because of, digital, I mean, even ask it, it's so crazy when you see how much you're actually spending on digital too you're like Oof. yeah <laughs> so, so you said you do you do a little mail too so i'm intrigued is that is that to, to current customers or club members or who who gets those pieces yeah so we're we're i'm actually working on that like as we speak because i'm realizing like you just you have to be consistent with direct mail you just can't send out like one blast and then oh yeah. man like all this stuff you know yep, yep. Um, so I, i've separated out into um uh, three categories basically it's like new acquisitions new customers that we haven't done work for uh very similar to what drew said you know if we've been to them um in the past so we're trying to rebrand to them by with direct mail and then yeah. also to our ssp members Okay. Um, we don't do gifts, and that's a good one. I'm gonna have to uh, like, look you. into that with gifts and stuff. So it just I, I've heard of gifts after major replacement type stuff. You know, after you've, you've taken you know a good chunk off the customer, but not just to do it actively to go, hey, we love you. You know, I think that's pretty cool, and I like you have a budgeted amount for it. So that's a that's a big takeaway for me for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, we got we've got about four minutes left. I have one question, and I'm gonna it's to each of you. I'll, I'll have you respond, and then I'll have a wrap up question. So, guys, thanks for your time. This was a lot of fun. Thank um, you. No, but my pleasure. All right, Drew, I'll, I'll leave this. You can go first with this. Um, the question from uh, from the crowd was: Is there any growth advice you can give to a five truck company that is strong from a KPI 
standpoint, but has trouble with enough call volume to add additional trucks. So marketing, I guess. So what would you say to this, this member group? Um, is it, uh, well, it's got, I always, I feel like I always answer a question with about five more questions and then I'll answer it. Uh, but <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll, do my best. I'll do my best without asking follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the, the very first thing is to utilize your call center probably more than you are, no matter what the mm -hmm. trade is. My guess is if you're struggling getting call volumes, uh, you're not using the call center correctly. Yeah. I mean, that, that was our that was our experience. We went yeah. from 35 to 70 employees, and I would tell you that it's because we started just absolutely hammering the phones, old school style, cold right. calls, warm calls, everything like that. <laughs> and then the uh, second piece is make sure you're not just branding uh, you're not just branding one way. So uh, said a different way is all of our trucks line up, our uniforms line up, everything lines up perfectly. And so the chances of them seeing a small piece of ours, maybe in the mail, seeing our van out, seeing a billboard, seeing our TV commercial, seeing us on digital, we remarket a lot on Google. So making sure that you have a plan and actually like uh, Nick said, actually sticking with the plan. It seems yeah. daunting um, at the beginning of the year. You're like, there's no way I'm, I want to spend, you know, ours is always 10% uh, of last year's total budget. So this okay. year, you know, we have a $970,000 marketing budget and you're like, there's no way. That's crazy. Yeah. But if we spend that 970 and we track it wisely and we actually stick with the plan that we created with a lot of great input from people, um, then, you know, just taking that risk and trusting um, that, it, that the process works is, you know, getting over that fear is huge. That's cool. Very good. Uh, Nick, kind of same question to you. Uh, the KPI wise, we got a five truck company. They feel happy with their numbers are, but they're worried about call volume. So um, what, 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 what recommend, recommendations might you have for him or her? Yeah, definitely. Um, like Drew said, the calls, um, you know, we were working with Sonia uh, very closely, um, you know, with our call center when our volume is down is every CCR, 80 to 100 calls, just pounding the calls, you know, uh, get them to get the text in front of a customer one way or another. Um, you know, so, and I know that's, that's hard when you think about that number it's a lot yeah. of calls you know um but if they're just sitting there not doing they're anything, gonna sit there yeah. yeah yeah you know so the when the, the call volume is down that's when the call center is like the most busiest and most stressed out right and then it's sure. the dispatchers are the other way when uh when we start getting busier again that's when the dispatchers are stressed out and the call center is yeah. like oh yeah i just booked all these calls you know yeah so, yeah well someone's um, got to be stressed out that's all right better yeah <laughs> as long as it's not you you gotta get the call volume where it needs to be or no one's no one's gonna be happy yeah so and then just look at all your your marketing you know uh, make sure you what's working what's not how many calls are coming in um how many leads are coming in what are you closing um you know you should have a I mean, start with a spreadsheet of like, you know, what you're spending, how many calls are coming in, and then put a little bit more towards, you know, the, the items that are working. Right. And then if, you know, you don't, I know one big thing I was working with Sonia for actually uh, quite a few weeks was Home Advisor. Mm. You know, like it was such a big thorn on our side. And sure. once we figured out how to handle it from other members, she introduced yeah. me to some members that making it works. It yeah. was like, okay, we understand that. Yeah. Right now we're struggling with Yelp. So yeah. I uh, I need some help with Yelp. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so that that's like an avenue that we need to work on. But yeah, yeah, definitely call volume and look at your marketing numbers. Well, good stuff. Great. All right, very last question, gentlemen. We're at an hour. Thank you so much for your time. Where what does the future hold uh, for Metro, Drew? Where do you guys uh, you've got all this these you're just adding people like nuts? Where do you want to take your young guy? Where do you want to take the business next 10, 20 years? What What do you What do you think? Yeah, I would say I would say our goal we keep we keep tossing around. So we got the high five values, and we're we're testing how brave we are uh, with acquisitions and things like that. So Ooh. me and my sister are are sewing around the idea of, of 50 and five. So okay. we'll hit the we'll hit the 15 or so mark this year, I think. Uh, hopefully, I mean, we're just a month in, and COVID wrecked us, but I think we we still got it in us. Um, so I would say to, to, to acquire and grow geographically, we will definitely yeah. tap out, um, you know, I think somewhere around that 70 to 20 million mark in, in, in our market is pretty yeah. saturated. And yeah. so we're looking towards uh, other state, other, other cities in our state where we can make acquisitions and, and grow. So 50 Ooh. and five is the, 
kitschy little thing, but we we're more more important to make customers happy than to just grow by numbers. Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. Because if that doesn't happen, then you got all sorts of headaches. So, oh, that's exciting. Well, good luck to you, Nick. How about you guys? What what Sylvester Electric uh, got in its future? What are you guys thinking about? Yeah, um, we're actually our main focus right now. Abe was the infrastructure with the team, um, and we want to we want to be the company that everybody wants to work for in this area. So that's oh, like that's our good. main focus. Yeah, um, more than you know revenue growth. Um, yeah. But with that being said, you know we're looking by this year to be ha being having 20 trucks on the road. Um, you know by the end of this year. And we want to get to, you know, uh, the, which is funny, Drew, that number you were using, because we keep talking about 25 million in five years. So our number is oh, a little different, a little smaller, but yeah, 25 well, in five years. Yeah. That, well, HAC helps that a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to say, if we didn't, if we were just plumbing or a single, like our, our, our market allows us to really push the throttle down. You know, we're in the Southeast, HVAC, it's hot. Um, yeah. So I'd say it's a it's a good bit different, but hey, there's a great there's also a way where you grow to 25 and make way more money than we do. So hey, profits what matters, right? I was about um, to say there's there's no uh, there's no there's no magic number. Right, right. Well, good stuff. Well, guys, Nick, Drew, thank you so much for your time, and thank you everyone for that was watching live and. Uh, for the person that asked a question, we appreciate it. Uh, just as a wrap up, this video will be available soon, SGI members on the hub, and then several weeks later, it, it will be distributed uh, as an episode of the Successful Contractor Show, which is available on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, next month, we will not have a, a monthly member discussion as we'll be uh, in Orlando for Expo. So if you haven't booked that room, please do so right now because they're about all gone. So I uh, look forward to seeing you guys in person and have a great rest of your day. Thanks again. All right, Take bye. Care. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Drew Harden of Metro Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts, talking about growth. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchen at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we'll continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in residential contracting. This has been the Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Home Depot Pro. With an inventory of more than 100,000 products, the Home Depot Pro's product selection includes both the name brands you seek and the exclusive brands you trust. For more information, go to www.ebarnett.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.